I am the god of jits and wine. You seem rather drunk. I drink and I know things. Welcome back to Small Council Radio. This is Extra Shots with your host, the master of drink, Cyrus Moore. We have a good episode here for you today. We are doing the next in our series of Buyer's Guides, and we will be doing the Night's Watch today. Now, the Night's Watch have had quite a history here in the game in the few years that they've been out. They first came out, and they struggled early on, like most factions have struggled early on in their release cycle. Unless you're the Martells. I'm not bitter. They were, for a while, a middling faction in the game. And then 2021 hit. And boy, oh boy, did the Night's Watch really take off. They were justifiably hated by pretty much everyone in the game in 2021 they took some nerfs and it turns out that they are still in a pretty strong place for the most part because of a few remaining units that might be considered a little bit too strong but before we get too far into this we need to start the episode right we are drinking apothic dark I wanted to get something dark for the Night's Watch. And uh, this particular wine is very dark, very bitter, just like my soul. (sighs) All right, let's get started in this. Now, it's not the best wine in the world. It just fit the theme. So I'm not going to go out here and recommend it to you. I do like the darker, bitter wines. So it might be for me, may not be for everyone. Anyway, as I was saying, the buyer's guide for the night's watch now this is going to be a very interesting version of the buyer's guides it's going to be pretty heavy in your beers and wines there's a lot of units that you're going to want to go out there and get early on and then surprisingly enough there's a lot of boxes that you might consider avoiding when you first start out in the game so it's feast or famine here in the night's watch now let's go ahead and begin with what you're going to start with obviously you're going to start with a starter box every single one of these buyers guides is going to first recommend you start with a starter box the night's watch starter box is interesting in that it might be the best starter box in the game for the strength of the units that you get you get a very good commander and you get pretty powerful attachments so i'd be willing to say that the night's watch starter box is probably the best starter box that you could get as far as power level and utility. You get two Sworn Brothers, which are excellent, excellent infantry units. You get uh, Night's Watch Veterans, which are not seen as being very good right now, although they are still pretty decent. It's just, there's a give and take when you're having units that have defensive abilities like Disrupt and and Counter-Strike. They could be pretty hit and miss. If your opponent makes their hits, regardless of you having Disrupt, this unit's going to fall apart. But when they're missing their hits, this unit really sings. And lastly, in the the box, you're going to get Trackers. Now, the Trackers are a unit that can sneak up on you. They're fast cavalry with a short-range attack, 
and their order mark target is very useful in the game anytime you can make a unit vulnerable from a distance always great you're also getting ghost another die wolf i mean we talked about a bunch of different die wolves when we discussed starks last week you get another die wolf here along with his best buddy john as one of your commanders and john uh, may not be rated as one of the highest commanders but he's probably considered in the right hands one of the best commanders in the game right now his cards and his interactions that you get with him are super strong and everything else in the box is great as well uh, you're going to be getting two wonderful ncus you're going to be getting one of the best and most strongest attachments in the game in the watch captain this is just an absolutely wonderful and excellent starter box all around and if you are even remotely considering getting into Night's Watch, I would recommend getting the starter. I would not go so far as to say get two starters. That might be a recommendation for next week when we discuss Free Folk. The reason why I can't suggest two starters is because the Night's Watch units are so expensive. If they had some five-point options here in this box, I could say, yeah, maybe consider it. But two of the units in the box are, are seven points. Well, three, because two of them are swarm brothers and the veterans are seven points and the ranger trackers are six you're just not going to be able to fit enough of them in a list to justify getting two starters you're going to want to save that buy for our next section of our recommendations our beers and wines piss into a bowl wine it's only wine all right in our beers and wines these are the units that i suggest you go out and get first right after you get your starter box now you don't have to get these in order you can get this in, these in any order that you wish but the ones that are going to appear here first are going to be some of my first recommendations that I, I recommend you get first up i would say you go out and get a unit of ranger hunters and anybody that's been playing the game for any period of time know why ranger hunters are just a little bit ridiculous right now they're fast and they can hit really hard because of their orders for charging in, attacking, and then retreating and shooting all in one turn. And if you haven't played a game with Ranger Hunters or against Ranger Hunters, you need to see this in action because they are throwing a lot of dice in one turn. And with a little bit of luck, they are capable of one-shotting units in one turn. It is pretty wild to see. And going out and getting these is one of your first boxes. You'll be able to play them as they're intended with, let's say, Jon Snow as your commander. You could put Jon Snow in these guys. You could put the Watch Captain in these guys and get a lot of utility and, and usefulness out of this one box. And just adding this one box to your starter box, I would say you're, you're right on the verge of being competitive already. And you've only made a starter purchase and a single unit box purchase. You're, you're right there on the edge of being able to compete with some of the top lists in the game. Only needing two purchases. I think that is terrific and wonderful for new players. Now, as a new player, you might not be able to use these guys as effectively as a more experienced player because positioning is important and being able to set up that big hit and the retreat and the shot afterwards. But going out and getting the box, playing with it, finding your own strategies, finding your own setups, and being able to figure it out on your own, I think is just a terrific start for anyone starting out with Night's Watch. Next up, at or around the same time you pick up a unit of Ranger Hunters, I re recommend you pick up Heroes 1. Night's Watch Heroes 1 
is a tremendous starter box. You're getting some new commanders. You're getting three new commanders. You're getting some pretty good NCUs and some attachments to go in them as well. Uh, Donald Noy Commander is probably considered the best Night's Watch Commander right now. He's certainly rated the highest. Alistair Thorne is struggling a little bit, but his attachment is really good. And Othel Yarwick was one of the reasons why everybody hated Night's Watch in 2021 when it first came out. But he has kind of fallen off a little bit here lately. The attachments are a, a little bit hit and miss here. We have Gren and Pipar, which uh, we are kind of have our fingers crossed that they might get an update here soon. Corrin Halfhand, though, huge NCU that you're going to want to consider uh, using early on. He just has so much utility in his ability to sacrifice himself. You destroy your NCU to have your opponent not be able to perform any actions for a round on one of their units. And that, if, if you set it up properly, could put you in a position to win the game. And it could flip the table if you were on the, on the precipice of losing the game. So th that is just, that's another example of get it, try it out yourself. You'll notice that there's just a little bit of a skill curve to it, but if you can utilize it well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do a lot of work for you. And lastly, Othel Yarwick, NCU. Uh, this guy is the boogeyman of song. Uh, when you when you hear people talk about playing Night's Watch, Othel Yarwick, either when he was the commander in 2021 or as an NCU here in, in 2021 and season one, uh, he allows you to drop rocks from space on your opponent's units. There is nothing that they can do about it. There is nowhere they can run. There is nowhere they can hide. It allows you to make a ranged attack on a unit anywhere on the field by taking a zone and replacing it with his ability. And he gains abilities in addition to the attack, uh, depending on which zones you select. Uh, he is not the best NCU in the game, but he's up there. The reason why I think that he might be just a bit overhyped is two reasons. One, it is a zone replace. And there are many instances in the game where you need to utilize the zone effects that are on the board. Uh, secondly, it's, an, it's a ranged attack. It can miss. You can whiff on your dice or your opponent can succeed in most or all of their defense saves and he will have done nothing. But those instances are rare. And with the right target and the right timing, he can make a unit almost evaporate over the course of two rounds. He is super strong. And that's why this unit box, even though it has maybe a couple clunkers in it, I do recommend getting early on because Alistair Thorne attachment pairs really well with Othel Yarwick NCU. Alistair Thorne has Iron Resolve, which bumps up your panic tests, makes you a little bit more defensive, but also... Stubborn Tenacity, each time you pass a panic test, one enemy engaged with that unit suffers a wound. What you could end up doing is shooting in to Alistair Thorne's unit with Othel Yarwick and other ranged units and keep procking panic tests on your unit and force an enemy that's engaged with it to keep suffering wounds over and over and over again. It is quite a dirty tactic, but also a very effective one. Moving on. And I think we'll just cover 
all the heroes boxes here because I th there's not a heroes box that I recommend you avoiding. If there was one, it might have been heroes one because of the couple clunkers that are in there. But I have a suspicion that some of those units and attachments that are in heroes one might be getting a look at because they are not getting run at all. Uh, Pipar, Gren just aren't seeing any play. And if past history has any indication, stuff that doesn't get any play at all does tend to get some reworks on the next patch. Uh, but let's move on to Heroes 2. Now, Heroes 2, uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to find too many bad things in this box. And a couple of the things in this box are absolutely spectacular. So let's start off with, you are only getting one new commander in this box. That's Benjen Stark on foot. And he's not too bad. Uh, he is not competing for the top spot in commanders for the Night's Watch, but he certainly is no slouch. And he pairs really well with some of the other units in the Night's Watch, like some of the Ranger units in the Night's Watch, the Hunters or the Trackers. He really bumps them up and makes them more effective. Uh, and also, Cold Hands makes an appearance in this box. His solo cavalry tray which is spectacular. It's an undead model. A, he can be killed by an attacker and ability, and the next round he comes back on the field. And that is causing some players some fits. You are losing a victory point through victory through combat, but it allows you to end up in another position, maybe on the complete other side of the battlefield, and cause your opponent's fits for the sacrifice of that one victory point. And in a lot of situations, it's worth it. Uh, a lot of opponents will actually avoid attacking Cold Hands just for that purpose because they don't want him to die where he's at and then end up behind another tray over on the other side of the field. Uh, it is pretty wild stuff. Uh, Cold Hands' uh, infantry attachment uh, brings Outflank. Unfortunately, Outflank is not played very often right now uh it would be cool if that received a little bit of a re rework uh samuel tarley uh, samuel tarley ncu uh he is a very welcome ncu to the nice watch because it allows you to have a larger hand size and more redraw to start around he does also have the benefit of bringing gilly which is a zero point ncu but she has a catch which you would imagine she would have a catch because she has zero points. Uh, Gilly says that she may only be activated once per game, and she can only be brought in an army that features Samuel Tarley. The problem with that is a single line in the rule book that states that every unit in your army must activate every round. And the reason why that matters is she counts as a unit in your army. She's a non-combat unit. So at the start of uh, at, throughout round one, you have to activate all of your units, and that includes her. And since she has that text that she may only be activated once per round, she may have to activate round one, and that's it. She's done. You're going to be stuck with uh, two NCU's or one NCU if you're running just her and, and Sam for the rest of the game, and that's a difficult position to be in. It is a bit unfortunate that her wording has not been adjusted as of late. Uh, we are hoping for clarification or adjustment in FAQ or a future patch. Now, they did make a change to how NCUs work recently, that an NCU does not have to activate if the NCU board is full, but your opponent can work around that. 
your opponent can decline to place one of their NCUs and leave a spot open for the entire round to where Gilly has to activate and claim a zone. That kind of detracts from Gilly's usefulness, although I still think that she is worth bringing with Sam because you can still get some use out of that first round zone claim. You could get a shot off with some crossbows. You could get some extra maneuverability. It all depends on which zone your opponent leaves open for you. And you might be able to take advantage of it, but there's a lot of situations where you won't be able to and she will end up being lost. Now, I didn't want this to devolve into a rules discussion or a discussion about you know a wish list of what we thought or what we hoped that units would be. I just wanted to bring that up in this in this case here. The box is worth getting, if not just for cold hands on his own. But if you're looking in here and you see zero point NCU, what's her story? That's her story. There's some complexity to whether or not she will be able to be changed in the future or if she is stuck as she is. And even if she's stuck as she is, I actually think that it's fair because she's zero points. A zero point NCU that has to activate round one, so be it. We will make it work. Next up, let's talk about Heroes Box 3. Heroes Box 3 came out not too long ago. And I'm just running the gamut here of all three Heroes boxes. I think that you should probably focus on getting the Heroes boxes for the Night's Watch because there's at least one or two things in each of these boxes that you're going to want to have. And here in, in Night's Watch Heroes 3, you're getting some new commanders. You're getting Benjen Stark mounted commander. You're getting Cotter Pike commander, who is seen as very good right now and then Sir Dennis Malister who's probably in the middle he's not great he's not terrible uh he's interesting you're getting uh Cotter Pike attachment which is really good Satin Commander Stewart attachment which is really good he actually just got an adjustment on a most recent FAQ and depending upon who you ask it could have potentially completely broken his attachment depending on what we can agree that he does Again, I don't want this to devolve into another rules debate, but from my standpoint, Satin Commander Steward counts as your commander for tactics cards and for game mode purposes. And that is just wild. A couple NCUs come in the box. We have Yorin, which I advocate for. I think Yorin is, is good and interesting. Just a little bit tricky to pull off correctly, but he can bring units onto the field. Uh, very similarly to how Free Folk can just just bring in a a new unit and add to your army for free. It's very fun. Uh, Sir Dennis Malister is also in here as an NCU, and he's fine. Uh, he's not terrific. I also advocate for him because the abilities that he brings are incredibly useful. They're just a little bit tricky to pull off, and I'm not sure he unseats some of your other NCU options. But overall, I think Night's Watch Heroes 3 is a good get, uh, particularly for F Cotter Pike Commander. He is one of the most aggressive commanders in the game. Just pure offense. He wants to run you down and destroy you and ask questions later. And I'm here for it. it, it, it's a, it if you enjoy that playstyle, you will enjoy running Cotter Pike Commander. 
so overall, I think that box is is good, and and that's why it's here in my beers and wines in my list of things that I I suggest you get early. You could very well pass on one of these boxes, maybe even two of these boxes, if you feel content with just one of them. But I think that they're all all worth getting early on to experiment with, mostly because the starter box units that you're getting are so strong. I mean, you're going to be centering a lot of your lists around Swarm Brothers or Ranger Hunters. I mean, that's just how a lot of competitive lists are built nowadays. So the only way to get the versatility and the uniqueness out of each list is with these heroes and the attachments. So that's why all three of the heroes boxes appear here in the starters in the units that I recommend you starting with. Uh, got a couple more here in our beers and wines. We have conscripts. Now conscripts were up there as one of the first things that you should get in the last edition of 2021. When these guys were four points, you did, you hardly saw any lists without two of them. They have taken a bit of a hit by going up to five points. They're a little bit expensive, especially considering just how tough it is to fit the expensive units that you're already trying to fit, like your Swarm Brothers and your Hunters, on top of you know, Watch Captains and things. It's, it's always a points crunch. And finding five points to throw in there just as a utility unit, I mean, they're not very strong offensively. And they're a bit of a liability defensively because they have disorganized and they're going to be taking extra panic wounds when they fail panic tests. Combine that with their sole role being to supply aid and heal other units at the expense of their ranks. Conscripts can end up being a liability on the field. Now, why are they in my recommendations? Two reasons. One, you should get used to using supply aid because... It is a very good and useful order if you're positioning your units correctly. I mean, obviously, you're not going to want to run your conscripts out in front of your battle line because they're just going to get rolled over and destroyed. But being able to take wounds off of your 5-point unit and put them back on to your 10-point unit, which would be Swarm Bros or Ranger Hunters with a Watch Captain in them, that is their primary function, is to essentially double their value by taking wounds from themselves and feeding super expensive units out on the field. And if I'm running a 10-point unit, I'd really want to have conscripts backing them up. Uh, secondly, is to help with your list building. Like I said, it is difficult to build lists in, in the Night's Watch because the units are so expensive. And sometimes it's useful to have a 5-point unit there when you run in yourself into a jam and the points just aren't adding up. You can't put in Ghost because he's only three points. You can't put in another NCU because it's four. You have five points left. You throw in a unit of Conscripts, and they'll work for you. They're a good unit. They're not as good as they used to be, but they're still reliable. I would not put in two Conscripts in any list anymore. It used to be two Conscripts almost all the time. Now, not so much. But it's still in my recommendations of unit boxes to get early on. And last up in our beers and wines, there's been quite a few recommendations here in our beers and wines. We have the attachments box one. Now this is also very interesting because the attachment boxes for our other factions ranked really low. There were not very good units and options in those boxes. 
but there are here. And not only are they good, they're unique. In the other factions, there were some rollover of extra attachments that had already appeared in previous boxes. Not so much this time around. Now, we do have the Watch Captain, which is in the starter box, but the rest of the units in this box are all unique to this box, which is great because you'd rather not have a purchase that is full of stuff that you already have that you don't need more of. You're getting the Watch Marshal, both a solo and an attachment. You're getting Hardened Ranger, which is also pretty good. Senior Builder, which is unique. Uh, Watch Recruiter, which does make an appearance in the Conscripts box. And you're getting a modification to the Builder Scorpion crew. I think that's good value for Starter Heroes 1. And that's why I send my recommendations. Uh, getting the Watch Marshal is another solo unit that you could potentially play around with for your list building. Hardened Ranger can be terrific in the Night's Watch Hunters. Uh, senior Builder is fun to play with. He allows you to just build stakes in the middle of the battlefield. Just They just pop up in the middle of a game. And if you do get two Watch Captains in the starter box, there's no scenario that I can think of where you would run three Watch Captains in, in the list, but they are alternate sculpts. It might be worthwhile to get. I, I, just, I, I would recommend getting the attachments box because they do have some some new options there isn't as much rollover as there are in other boxes that should do it for our beers and wines and that was uh that was a mouthful there's a lot of recommendations here nice watch is full of units that that are worth looking at and worth getting into and there's a couple more here that i want to discuss but that would require us to go into our hard liquor it's not easy being drunk all the time Everyone would do it if it were easy. All right, so in Hard Liquor, these are units that you're going to get later on in your collection. These are not ones to avoid, but these are ones that you're going to want to look up when you've gotten a little bit more experience and are ready to, to when you've gotten more experience and you're ready to start filling out your collection more with some of the... Uh, I wouldn't say more difficult units to play with, but that require a different view, maybe a more experienced view to utilize effectively and get the most out of. Now, I thought long and hard about this first unit here of where I wanted them to be in recommendations or here in Hard Liquor, and that is the Builder Crossbows. Now, if you have listened to my previous episodes, you know that I really like ranged units. They provide so much utility for the battlefield that it's just something that you want to include in most of your lists. And the Builder Crossbows are that. They are a long-ranged unit, a crossbow unit with Sundering. The reason why I can't wholeheartedly recommend them right now is they're expensive. They're seven points. They were, for a long time, the most expensive crossbow unit in the game until the Golden Company crossbows came out and said, hold my beer. I'll hold your beer. No problem. So, seven points is a bit to ask for a six-die ranged unit, even though it has Sundering. Now, there are some other perks to the crossbows. 
they have an order called ready aim release. If they are charged, they can perform a ranged attack against that unit that just charged them. Problem is, is that was recently nerfed and they lost uh, two attack dice on that shot. And it's just not as much of a deterrent to charging them as it used to be. You are able to get a little distance from the target that is shooting you because you're performing a range attack. You can shift back two inches if you if you so choose. But that can be played around. Your opponent can get to a position where they're not so much worried about that shift. Uh, on top of that, the builder crossbow's morale was increased to six. It was five. They are not the unit that they used to be, which was the whole point of them taking some nerfs from the 2021 uh, debacle. I'll just say it. It was a debacle how strong the Night's Watch crossbows were with Othel Yarwick and the Watch Captain. That was a mess. That uh, It was so bad that I actually shelved my Night's Watch for a period of time. Uh, nobody wanted to play against them. It was not a fun experience, and I focused on other things. Uh, that's how strong the builder crossbows were. Uh, this is not the case anymore. They are average to above average, but because of that, you have other options in Night Watch that you're probably going to get more mileage out of than running a unit of crossbows, which is wild. I never thought that I would have that opinion about a ranged unit because I liked them so much. So much so that I actually recommended getting uh, Stark Bowmen, which are looked at as one of the weaker ranged units in the game. And I still recommended getting those. But these guys, uh, and like, like I've said with all of my podcasts here, if you want to get some crossbows, don't let what I'm saying keep you from it. Because they're still fun to play around with. They can still go off and wreak havoc for your opponent. And your opponent's just sitting there's like, there's nothing I can do about this range unit. It's wrecking my face. That can happen. That can totally happen. But in a lot of the games that I've played and that I've heard of and that I've seen, uh, these guys are just a little bit lackluster right now. And that's why they are in the mid-tier of my recommendations. Uh, another unit that I struggled so hard with on where I wanted to place them. But this one was a different dilemma. I was thinking about putting these guys in the rot gut section. The Shadow Tower Spearmen. Let me tell you. If you have heard me talk on this podcast. On the, on the regular podcast with the rest of the guys. Or seen me talk on Discord. You know I hate set for charge. I hate set for charge as an ability on a unit. Because your initial thought is to think of these guys as a defensive unit, but that's not what Set for Charge is. It is a very weak deterrent that can also be countered by several effects in the game to the point where you can't even use it, and it's not something that you want to rely on. On top of that, I hate unyielding. I don't like unyielding as an ability, especially on units with good morale that are expected to pass their panic tests anyway. It is just a small little perk. I don't look at it as, as anything good or great at all. So then you're left with an average defense stat, above average morale, I'll give you that, and an average attack profile, slightly above average attack profile, with no keywords. 
And it's just a very lackluster unit for me. And I can't recommend going out and get them. And I would almost go so far as to say these should be avoided. But I will give credence to some of the players out that say they like them. They utilize them. They pull off their wombo combos with him and Benjin that allows you to do set for charge with hit and run. And then your opponent, if they charge them, they get hit, then they hit and run. And then your opponent that just did the charging does not get their attack because they're no longer engaged anymore. That is a cool combo, but it is very fragile. Because if one thing goes wrong in any of those steps, if your opponent counterplots their card, or if they're shut off the order, you're in trouble. And you're about to get run over. (laughs) So I cannot recommend getting Shadow Tower Spears. But there are some situations where I could see them being played, and that this might be the last unit that you go out and pick up before you start getting into the ones that you might want to avoid. And speaking of, let's get into our rot gut. Drink. Drink. Oh boy, here we go. Alright, so... This is going to sound strange, but in a faction that is seen as super powerful, there are still units that you're going to want to avoid, particularly early on. And these boxes, unless you want the sculpts badly enough to go ahead and pick them up, I would recommend these boxes be the very, very last boxes that you get until you hit your collection phase. Let's start out with another unit that I struggled a little bit with, but this one won out whereas the Shadow Tower Spears did not. Uh, The Vanguard won out as being Rot Gut, and there's a very particular reason why. It all boils down to Outflank, which is one of their primary abilities. They are fast cavalry, which is nice, and they hit reasonably well, but Outflank as an ability on a unit that you're spending 7 points for in a faction that is difficult to get your list building in a, in a way where you can sacrifice early activations to be able to utilize outflank. It's a very difficult pill to swallow. It's a tough ask. I don't see very many situations where Vanguard, as they are, are providing you with any more than most of the other units in the army. They are melee in their profile, which... And they are capable of hitting decently enough, but the Ranger Trackers for one point less are going to hit all right with better abilities from short range. They don't have to be engaged. So they could work around the flanks and pepper a target that won't be able to, let's say, take the swords and hit them back. Whereas if you're charging in with the Vanguard and now they're stuck in combat and they don't really have the defense to hang... It's, it's a tough ask for the Vanguard. I would recommend avoiding the Vanguard unless you really, really, really want to lean into a full cavalry list with the Benjen Cavalry Commander. That could be fun. It could be fun to play around with. Uh, Benjen Mounted Commander has to go into a Ranger unit. You're going to have to put him in Ranger Trackers or the Ranger Vanguard in either case. I would recommend sticking him in Trackers and running other 
ranger type units to fell out your list and not necessarily rely on the vanguard it's just too tricky to play especially for a new player these buyer's guide breakdowns are meant to cater to newer players and if you're listening and just starting out the game i'm glad you're in the game you're gonna have a lot of fun and thank you for sticking around with me for this long but starting out in the game try to avoid units that say that they have outflank because we have talked about it numerous times on discord and in podcasts and in person outflank is seen as a beginner's trap you you look at the ability you read the ability and it's like oh wow that seems really good but it can trap you into putting yourself in a situation where you're going to overextend and you're going to end up with a unit behind enemy lines and they're going to turn around and they're going to make you pay for your aggression on top of your lack of experience i've seen it happen so many times so keep that in mind if you're starting out in the game try to avoid units without flank until either one you get comfortable with your knowledge positioning and strategy in the game or two outflank gets a rework we're all hoping for an outflank rework sometime in the near future to just give it a little bit more something where we're not having to sacrifice an activation off the field for one or two rounds and then spending a turn to bring that unit back in on the field you know a lot of things can happen in that period of time and right now it's just not worth it and that's why this unit ends up in the rock gut and two more units that have a very uh, similar vein to each other are here in rot gut and it pains me to say so it pains me to say so because i love war machines they are so cool they are a lot of fun as the night's watch player that's using them they're not so much fun for your opponent but there's a problem with the Night's Watch War Machines, the Builder Stone Thrower and the Builder Scorpion Crew. They're just too clunky. They're really clunky to utilize effectively, and they have uh, above average chance of not being effective. The reason why I say that is, is the Stone Thrower, when it attacks, it can whiff and do absolutely nothing, which is painful, considering it is eight points, and you definitely don't want to spend eight points for a unit that has the potential of doing nothing it really hurts because the the pros for the stone thrower which are also some of the things that make it a pariah in the game that people don't like one of the pros is unlimited range you put the stone thrower on one corner of the table and it can see the entire table and hit anything at once that's pretty cool Uh, another thing is is the damage that it can do if you're shooting at an infantry unit, if you get a hit, that's four wounds. That's an entire rank gone. It does deteriorate as the ranks diminish, but if you're scoring hits and panic tests, you could potentially wipe a unit out before it even reaches the halfway point of the field. Note that I said you could. It's possible, but it's not entirely likely. Your opponent could p- pass their panic tests. Your opponent could heal them back up after being hit utilizing the zones or abilities and another downside can't target solos can't target them at all 
not even to deal one wound. So if your opponent is running multiple solo trays, let's say wolves or giants or Veramir and all of his solos, they can run you down and there's nothing that you can do about it. I really like the War Machines and I wish that they were just a little bit better, a little bit easier to use, maybe not so expensive. And I say better, I don't mean more powerful. I don't want them to be able to wipe a unit out in one shot. I don't need that. I just want them to be you know, cheaper and easier to use. Not necessarily so feast or famine. You know, bring their points cost down, bring their damage down a little bit, bring their reliability up a little bit. I'm a happy guy. Uh, last up here in our rock gut is the other war machine, the Builder Scorpion. This guy is really tough because he has almost the opposite problems of the Stone Thrower. Uh, this guy doesn't do a whole lot of damage to infantry. He's only rolling two dice. Uh, natively now that can be bumped up with tactics cards or nope i think that's it uh, you can it can be buffed up by tactics cards but those have become single use because of the nerfs to othel commander and it they're effective against cavalry but the problem is is most often the cavalry is going to close the distance before you're going to be able to get too much effectiveness out of the, the scorpion. And it can be overlooked by some people, but one of the biggest detriments to the scorpion is it's a ranged attack that doesn't allow you to shift. And because you can't shift, you lose a surprising amount of mobility and effectiveness of being able to get in positions that you want to get into you, you can't shift into range. You can't shift out of danger if a unit has come in reasonably close to you. You're just stuck there. And you only have the option of shoot or move. And that's it. That's one of the biggest drawbacks to the Scorpion on top of the, let's say, intermittent damage that it can do. And that does it for our rot gut section. Uh, it's, I, I, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from having to, to put my war machines there in in rot gut and have to encourage people to avoid them. But if you want to get them because you think the sculpts are cool, I don't blame you. I was so excited to, to pick them up and I painted them. I used my contrast paints on them. And the contrast paints into the wood, it, it made it look like that I was a much better painter than I really am. But that aside, that is outside the purview of the purposes of this podcast. So we will go ahead and close our rot gut section, and we will try to wash that bad taste from our mouth by chasing it down with some neutral goodness. I always drink before a fight. Fuck the water. Bring me wine. All right. So with our neutrals, I'm not going to recommend a whole lot of them. Because neutrals have a hard time fitting in the Night's Watch faction, mostly because you are not allowed to attach your tactics cards and your vows to neutral units, for the most part. And you lose some of the effectiveness of your army by not being able to attach those cards. And some commanders and some NCUs 
are very specific that it has to be a Night's Watch unit for you to be able to utilize it. And if you pack your army full of neutral units, you're not going to be able to use those things. So that's why there's only a couple recommendations that I have here in neutrals. I would recommend you pick up Neutral Heroes 1. I have recommended that in every episode so far because there's just so many good uh, units in here. You know, Peter, Varus, getting uh, Roos, Roos Commander, Roos NCU, various things. It's just a great box. And even if you're playing one faction, if you're only playing Night's Watch, pick it up. If you're playing multiple factions, even better because it fits with multiple factions. It's just really easy to fit these NCUs in just about any list. Uh, next up, Flayed Men. Flayed Men, despite the fact that they're neutral and they can't have cards attached to them, can still really be effective in a, in a Night's Watch army. They give the Night's Watch something that they don't have access to, which is armor. And their ability to get a lot of wounds off of panic tests is something that Night's Watch also struggles with. With cards like Sword in the Darkness, you can play that on a Flademan charge and make your opponent vulnerable and panicked. You will lose out on the plus one attack die from the card being attached, but that's totally worth it because that means that that Flademan attack is probably going to do some significant damage. So Flademan fit really well on Night's Watch, and I would recommend you going out and picking up a box. Last up of our neutrals, only two this time. These are the two that I would I can wholeheartedly recommend that you can actually get some usefulness out of is Stormcrow Mercenaries. Now, the Stormcrow Mercenaries is mostly for a couple attachments that you can get a point reduction from by putting them in the Stormcrow Mercenaries. You can use that with the Watch Captain and get your Relentless and Boldness and Courage for just two points as opposed to three which can be very useful for list building. You can also throw in, I don't know, let's say the senior builder. So you can get a senior builder for free. And if you control the bags, you can bump off the, uh, the mercenary's defense from four to three, which is pretty nice. And also be able to throw out some stakes out on the field to protect a unit that might be in danger of being charged by a very nasty-looking unit. Uh, being able to alter the battlefield by throwing out stakes from a senior builder is something that has been talked about and has been done, but not very often. And I think it might be an underutilized strategy. So you might consider it. That'll do it for our chasers. And again, if you want to go out and get other, other neutral boxes, you absolutely can. But there is going to be a detriment to bringing too many neutrals in Night's Watch. So I would avoid it if you can. Last up, let's make it a double before we hit the door. You're so drunk, you're probably seeing double. I have two guns, one for each of you. Now I know that's not a Game of Thrones quote, but you know what else? I don't care! Alright, just two units here in our double section. These are units that I recommend you getting two or more of. And they're two of our ranger units. First up, the ranger trackers. You get one unit of ranger trackers in the starter box. And you might consider getting a second one. The reason why is that they are 
a very, very good fast cavalry unit for six points. Their order is excellent, and being able to put out two of these guys and almost ensuring that multiple units of your opponents are going to be vulnerable whenever you attack them is super, super reliable. On top of that, they're going to be really hard to pin down. They are going to be running all over the field, potentially getting behind infantry units, peppering them with short-range attacks. They can be an absolute nuisance. If you have two of these running around, your opponent's going to probably be fairly frustrated. So if you were looking to double up on a unit, this is one of them. The other one, which should be obvious by how we started off the show, Ranger Hunters. There are very few competitive lists that I've seen from Night's Watch lately that don't feature two Hunters. That also might have two Watch Captains in them as well. Uh, Ranger Hunters are ridiculous right now. Now I say all this, and it's certainly possible in an upcoming patch or update that ranger hunters get tweaked i don't think that they would be tweaked so much so that would make them unplayable but i think it might bring them back down to earth a little bit and if that does happen i don't think that that's going to make these guys something that you're going to want to avoid by any means but it may get to a point where you may not want to have you know two three four ranger hunters in a list uh that being said one or two Ranger Hunters is fine. And if you want to go ahead and pick up your second box and be able to play with these guys, Jon Snow in one, Watch Captain in the other, you're going to have some fun with it. And that does it for Night's Watch. I sure appreciate you sticking through this with me. Uh, this one is a bit longer than my other ones. There's a lot to talk about. And I did ramble a little bit here and there. You'll have to forgive me for that. Uh, please let me know what you thought about the night's watch recommendations did i go too heavy on the heroes early on in the beers and wines do you really love the war machines and think i'm crazy by telling players to avoid them you do let me know i'm on facebook i'm on the discords you'll be able to find me in any of those places and i think i need another drink You're still here. Why? You seem rather drunk.